Uh, today we're going to be looking at two verses here in a minute, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 uh, through 18. In the lead up to those two verses, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 4 about some of the challenges that he was facing and those who were serving with him were facing as they were going around and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the lead up to these verses that we'll look at in chapter 4, he laments that the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of many people so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. And of course, that's still going on in our day and time. The Apostle Paul, you know, shared the gospel. Many people received it, but many people rejected it. And uh, that's still going on to this day. We do have an enemy that is at work trying to blind the eyes of people to the truth. Uh, Paul goes on and he shares how he and his team speak plainly to people about the gospel, that they don't try to win people through deception. They don't try to win people by distorting the truth of the gospel. And then in chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, he shares about the trials and difficulties that they faced as they work to spread the gospel message. And here's what he writes uh, in those verses. Those will not be shown on the screen, but here's what he writes. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, pressed on every side, I already read that, sorry, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal bodies. A lot of tough stuff there. A lot of difficult things. Pressed on every side. Perplexed. Persecuted. Struck down. All of, these, uh, all of these different things. I shared in a previous message in this series about the horrible circumstances, troubles, and persecutions that the Apostle Paul faced throughout his ministry. Uh, those of you who are here might remember that, or if you're familiar with Paul's writing, you might remember this. But uh, here's just a brief synopsis. Paul says that he was always in danger, uh, always facing hardship, always threatened, sometimes from enemies that he didn't know, but sometimes horribly from people who presented themselves as friends. And yet he was in danger uh, to these people. Often he was without food and adequate clothing. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. On and on and on go the list of the hardships that Paul faced throughout his life. Paul knew about trouble. He knew about difficulty. He knew about being mistreated. He experienced these things in his life over and over again. As I read the text today, I want you to keep in mind all of Paul's hardships. Keep in mind that he has set up what we read in our text by sharing that he and his team are pressed on every side, persecuted, struck down, and that they are always being given over to death. With that in mind, here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light and momentary troubles 
are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I want you to notice, first of all, that Paul refers to all of his troubles as light. Some translations, instead of using the word troubles, use the word afflictions. Paul refers to his troubles, he refers to his afflictions as light. Can I tell you that Paul's troubles were not light? Paul's troubles were bitter and they were cruel. Who would consider being shipwrecked multiple times light troubles? Can you imagine the second shipwreck? It's like, I've already done this. Why am I doing this again? And then the third one. What is going on here? Is being on the open sea, a day and a night, a light trouble? It's not. It's not, especially not when you see that fin <laughs> pop up out of the water. It's not a light trouble. Being beaten five times with 39 lashes. Light trouble? I don't think so. Being imprisoned multiple times every single time unjustly. Is that a light trouble? It's not. Being in constant danger. Not a light trouble. Sometimes being in danger from someone who represented themselves as a friend. Is that a light trouble? It's not. What about being hungry and thirsty and not having adequate clothing? Is that light trouble? It's not. Paul's troubles were actually horrible. They were truly bitter and cruel. They were not light. And yet he refers to them as being light. How can he do that? The way that Paul was able to do that... The way that he could consider his bitter and cruel troubles light was by making a comparison. He made a comparison. He compared his troubles to what he calls eternal glory. That he explains far outweighs all the troubles. Many translations of the Bible call this an eternal weight of glory. So Paul's troubles are bitter and they're cruel, but he calls them light because he chose to place his troubles in the context of glory or what the text calls the eternal weight of glory. When he compares his troubles to this eternal weight of glory, he's able to truly, he's able to call truly awful hardships light, light troubles. If Paul was able to view such horrible hardships as light by making this comparison, then perhaps there is something in this that could be helpful for us. Maybe if we make the same comparison that the Apostle Paul made, we might be able to look at our own difficulties in life, even those that are truly awful, and say like Paul, this is really just a light trouble. This is really just a light affliction. 
And to do this, we'll have to understand the meaning of the word glory and the meaning of the phrase eternal weight of glory. The Hebrew word for glory is, uh, I think you pronounce it, something like kavod. And it means weight, weight. The word was used to indicate something that had great worth or great value. Think of gold and silver. Think of precious jewels, precious stones. These are weighty things and they have great value. That's the idea behind this word is that things that are valuable have weight to them. And so when we speak of the glory of God, we're speaking of God's worthiness, of his infinite value and worth, of his greatness. According to the New International Bible Dictionary, the word glory even more particularly means the presence of God in the fullness of his attributes. Can you think of anything more valuable than the presence of God in the fullness of his attributes? What an amazing thing. And so when Paul refers to the eternal weight of glory or the, the eternal glory that far outweighs all of his troubles, he's referring to the value of being in the presence of God forever. And so we could read verse 17 something like this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us the privilege of being in the presence of God who is of infinite value forever. This is the comparison that allowed Paul to call things that are bitter and cruel light. What Paul did is he placed the shipwrecks next to living forever in the presence of God. And when he made that comparison, he said, the shipwrecks are a light thing. He placed the beatings and the stoning next to living forever in the presence of God. And he concluded that the beatings and the stoning were not that big of a deal. He considered having been hungry and thirsty. He considered having been mistreated by false brothers. And he placed all of those things up next to living forever in the presence of Christ. And he concluded that all of these troubles are really pretty light. He considered his thorn in the flesh, which he wanted free from, but never got free from. And he placed that next to living forever with Christ. And he concluded that the thorn in the flesh was a light trouble. I have no doubt that if given a chance in heaven, Paul will testify that even martyrdom, being beheaded, which is what tradition tells us happened to Paul, I'm convinced that Paul will tell us that if he places that up against living forever in the presence of Christ, that martyrdom, being killed for his faith, was really just a light trouble. So Paul considered his bitter and cruel troubles as light 
by comparing them to the privilege of living forever in the presence of Christ. I also want to highlight today that Paul did not view his troubles as pointless, but instead he viewed them as achieving a desired goal in his life. He wrote, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Now I think that Paul was specifically referencing the troubles that came to him while he was about the business of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in our dark and fallen world. While our troubles today in sharing the gospel, while our persecutions may not match those of the Apostle Paul, those who live for Christ are going to face suffering in this world for the cause of Christ. It might be by being ostracized by unbelieving family members. It might be by being ridiculed by friends because you live in obedience to Jesus and that causes you not to do things that your friends keep telling you, well, everybody does this. It might mean losing a boyfriend or girlfriend because you're committed to honoring Christ in your relationship and they are not. Someday it might mean losing your job because while you will tolerate anyone and anything, you cannot approve of anyone or anything, and yet you may be required to. It might mean being avoided by your neighbors because you tried to share your faith, and now that person has told the entire neighborhood that you cornered them. You cornered them and would not let them go. And you are trying to proselytize them. And so now all the neighbors run when you come out of your house. And when these things happen to us, the Apostle Paul would say they are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. They are achieving for us this blessing of living forever with Christ. Now... We know that Paul did not believe in a works-oriented salvation. And so he certainly doesn't mean that the troubles we face for the cause of Christ are earning salvation for us. That's not what he means. I think that this phrase, achieving for us, is essentially Paul's way of saying, this is the path that believers walk toward the destination of living forever with Christ. This is just simply what it is. This is the path that you're going to walk. These troubles are just a part of the journey that are going to lead us to the destination of living forever with Christ. Paul did not view troubles as pointless. He viewed them as leading to a desired goal. The end destination of this path full of trouble is life forever with Christ. Since Paul did not believe in a works-oriented salvation, since he couldn't have meant that trouble in the context of sharing the gospel was earning the eternal weight of glory, it means that the application of this verse is broader than just the trouble that comes as we share the good news of Jesus Christ. It means that the application of this verse extends to all of the troubles and all of the difficulties that come to us in the course of living for Christ in this dark and fallen world that we're a part of. 
Every trouble that comes to a believer throughout their lives is simply part of the path that must be walked to get to the point of living forever with Christ. Understanding troubles in this context allows us to come to the place where we understand that our troubles are not pointless. They're all achieving a desired goal in our lives. Each trouble is just another step toward arriving at the destination of living forever with Jesus. There is purpose to our pain and to our troubles. They are leading to something. There is purpose to our pain and trouble, but millions of people live with the sense that their pain is pointless. Many Christians even live with the sense that their pain is pointless. It isn't. But we feel that it is. Many of us feel that it is. What makes the difference between those who view pain as pointless and those who view it as achieving a desired goal? Those who are able to view pain as serving a purpose are those who are able to consider the troubles and pains of this life from an eternal perspective. Another way of saying it is that people who view pain as achieving a purpose in their lives are people who live all of life in the light of eternity. In light of the confidence that they're going to live forever with Christ. Here's, here's another way of saying it. People who can view pain as serving a purpose are people who understand that this life isn't just about this life. This was Paul's view of his troubles. They had purpose. They were achieving something in his life. They were leading to a desired goal, a desired outcome. They were leading to a different time and a different place where everything was going to be as it should be, as it was meant to be. Now, this did not make Paul's troubles easier. It did mean that being stoned and beaten and shipwrecked weren't awful things. These were horrible, bitter, cruel experiences. It did not make them easier, but it did allow Paul to understand that they served a purpose in his life. And he was able to persevere through all of his troubles because he understood that every single one of them, no matter how horrible, he understood this. They were all temporary. They weren't going to last very long. Even if they lasted a lifetime, they weren't going to last very long. But the glory they were leading to was eternal. Paul writes in verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, the trouble, but on what is unseen, eternal glory. For what is seen is temporary. Trouble is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Glory is eternal. Heaven is eternal. Living with Christ in the age to come is forever. This was Paul's view about troubles in this dark and fallen world. All his troubles in this life, compared to eternal glory, they were light. 
compared to living with Jesus forever, they were light. And so he could persevere because he knew that the troubles were temporary, but he had forever with Jesus ahead of him. I genuinely do not mean any disrespect to anyone's troubles here today. I know that some of you have faced truly awful things in your life. Some of you today are in the midst of experiencing deep heartache in your life for any number of reasons. Some of us here today are facing very serious health problems. Everyone in here is going to come to a point in life where life sends something really difficult your way. Some of us may be privileged enough that that won't happen for us until we're really old people having lived really long lives. But eventually, trouble comes for every person. Every single person eventually faces something really difficult in life. I genuinely mean no disrespect to anyone's troubles, but in comparison to eternal glory, they are light. This is the witness of the Apostle Paul. If, if, through the eyes of faith, we are able to see everything that comes to us in life from a godly, eternal perspective. If we're able to do that, then we can make the comparison that Paul made. We can place our troubles in the context of living forever with Christ. And we'll be able to say like Paul did, our troubles are actually pretty light in comparison to eternal glory. And if we're not able to do that, if fear and worry overtake us, if we fail to live with that eternal perspective, at that point in the future, when we're living in the reality of forever with Christ, in that day when we know even as we are known, in that day, we will see everything from the right perspective. And if we haven't been able to beforehand, on that day, we'll be able to say, Paul was right. All the troubles of my life really were light. I see it now. I see it now. There's a song we sang a lot in the churches I grew up in, and the, I think this is probably true for many of you. And the words of the song still minister to my spirit today like they did then. It's a song written by a lady named Esther. I think her last name is Rusoy. She wrote this in 1940. And the chorus goes like this. I'll simply read it. I will not sing it. <laughs> it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So, bravely run this race till we see Christ. We often talk about the troubles and trials that we face in this life as being burdens, weights that we carry around. What Paul is saying in our text today is the 
is that the weight of our troubles and our trials is nothing compared to the weight of glory. A pastor by the name of Mark Bailey said it this way, picture scales with both sides hanging equally empty. Then imagine all the sin, pain, and burdens of the world piled on the left with God's glory on the right. Like a speck of dust against a bar of gold, the temporal world's sin and pain cannot compare with the weight of God's eternal glory. And this is undoubtedly what C.S. Lewis had in mind when a character in his fictional work about heaven and hell, The Great Divorce, says these words, All the loneliness, angers, hatreds, envies, and itchings that this world contains, if rolled into one single experience and put into the scale against the least amount of joy that is felt in heaven, would have no weight that could be registered at all. I want to read that again. All the loneliness, angers, hatreds, envies, and itchings that this world contains, if they were rolled into one single experience and put into the scale against the least amount of joy that is felt in heaven, would have no weight that could be registered at all. The weight of our troubles does not compare with the weight of glory. So friends, when life is hard, as it often is, life is great. It is. But it's hard. When life is hard, as it often is, we can remember these encouraging truths from 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. We remember that every difficulty we face in life is temporary. None of them last forever. We remember that eternal glory will make life's worst problem seem insignificant. Paul, writing in Romans 8.18, said it this way in that verse, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Paul, who makes the comparison in 2 Corinthians 4, says that once it's made, it's so much better. Heaven, glory, is so much better than our troubles that it's not even worth making the comparison. We remember troubles are just part of the journey that ends in glory. And here's some really good news. For the believer in Jesus Christ, all paths lead to victory. All paths lead to victory. The truth is that each and every one of our paths in life is going to be different. The troubles and trials and pain we face in life are going to be different from person to person. Some of us will have worse troubles than others. Some of us will have longer troubles than others. But though our troubles are going to be different, 
the destination is the same for every single one of us. And so whatever the cause of your trouble today, whatever the cause of my trouble, it's all leading to the destination of eternal glory that outweighs each and every trouble represented in this room today. And so I am praying today that God would use the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 to help us today to not lose heart, to keep an eternal perspective, and to always remember, even in our darkest moment, that all paths for the believer lead to victory. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials really will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So friends, let's bravely run this race till we see Christ. Let's stand.